can't get enough of Mary Pickford. As you know, in my previous episode, I mentioned why Mary Pickford was so famous worldwide. But she wasn't only a successful actress, she also had many other accomplishments besides that. For example, she was the first actress in Hollywood to have total artistic control over her films because she was very successful since the beginning of her career in films and she realized how famous she was becoming and she was also a very skilled negotiator so she was very good to negotiate with studio moguls the freedom about her own work so everything the choice of director the choice of wardrobe the kind of plots of her films she got to have control about everything and she was by nature a person with a very good taste she had a very good taste for clothes for all those all the quality of the printing so she had a good eye for details so the control of her work was only possible because she was competent in many aspects of her films another point is that she only worked with the best directors she knew who were the good directors she hired them and she worked with them she worked for example with maurice Tonneur, who was a french director she worked with famous German director Ernst Lubitsch, who would have a successful career both in the silent era and in the era of talkies. And she, all her films were very, very successful because she got to provide to audience the kind of pathos, the kind of emotional and innocent touch that audience loved so much. Another interesting point is that she was a very, very competent businesswoman. So, in 1919, Mary Pickford, together with Douglas Fairbanks, who was not her, her, her husband yet, they would only got married in the, in the, in the subsequent year, in 1920, and Charlie Chaplin, the W. Griffith, they all founded the United Artists, which would be both a studio and a producer of their own films. And by doing that, they would eliminate middlemen and they would give to more successful artists of Hollywood full artistic control about their own films. And the studio lasted for many decades she was partner of United Artists until the 1950s and it was United Artists which produced all her successful films of Douglas Fairbanks in the 1920s. I mean, his West Buckley films, they were all produced in the United Artists and all the successful films of Chaplin in the 1920s were produced in this studio and Mary, when she founded United Artists in 1919, she was already in films for 10 years 
and she started to be an actress on stage when she was five years old and when she was 17 years old in 1909 she started working in films for the biography studios as i mentioned in the previous episode uh, so she was already a star 10 years later she was already very rich very famous as well as the w griffith and charlie chaplin and douglas fairbanks they were all very famous and very successful in their professions and it was it was not the first time that a woman had her own studio it had already happened both in the united states and abroad however it was the first time that a woman had such a powerful such big studio and that she was one of the heads of such powerful studio and uh, Mary Pickford had many successful films throughout her career. For example, in the 1910s, in, she had a very noteworthy film called Tess of the Storm Country, which was made in 1914. Then she made in 1917 Daddy Long Legs, Pollyanna, Poor Rich Little Girl, 1917, which was already a hit among audiences. Nearly all her films gave lots of money to all studios she worked, including United Artists. In the 1922, 1922 she made a remake of Tess of the Storm Country, and it was a hit once more and uh, she was she had very successful films until the end of the silent era and she was also active in cinema in the beginning of the talk era however in the turn of the 1920s to the 1930s she had many personal problems she lost her mother who passed away of breast cancer her, uh, her brother and sister, they passed away in early 1930s. She also divorced Douglas Fairbanks at that time. And uh, besides all those personal problems, she didn't like the media of the talky films very much. Although Mary had a small voice, she knew how to use and to project her voice because she was an experienced actress already on stage and the point wasn't her voice but she didn't feel comfortable doing talk films and she already had all those problems so she slowly retired from screen as well as Douglas Fairbanks who also retired in early 1930s but she had lots of accomplishments and she remained very active even after the end of her cinematic career because throughout her life Mary Pickford was involved with charity she had radio programs she wrote books she wrote newspaper columns and uh, uh, until the until almost the end of her life she was very active in the cause of preservation of films although at some point 
Mary gave an interview saying that she would like her films to be destroyed because she was afraid that uh, younger generations wouldn't understand her work. Fortunately, she regretted saying that and later in her life, she helped to preserve her own movies. She donated money and printings of her films to archives, including the Library of Congress, for example. So she was always very kind. She never refused to give an interview. She was very noteworthy for her relaxed personality. Mary wasn't really a snobbish person. She was a very humble person, very polite, very reserved. And everyone liked to be around her. She had some close friends like Lillian Gish because both Mary and Lillian, they have known each other in childhood when they were both actresses on stage and the both actresses got to keep this friendship until the end of their lives and uh, also Mary got divorced of Douglas Fairbanks in 1936 uh, around 1936, she was already separated from Douglas, but she only signed the divorce in 1936. On the following year, in 1937, she married her third husband, which was Charlie Buddy Rogers, who was an actor and a band leader. Charlie Buddy Rogers starred a film with her called My Best Girl, which was made in 1927, and it was one of the last silent films that Mary made. And they remained married for the rest of her life. So Mary passed away in 1979, and she remained married to Rogers until the end. So Mary had lots of accomplishments. She wasn't only a popular actress, she wasn't only a businesswoman, she was all of that. In addition to that, during her marriage with Douglas Fairbanks, they were both some sort of unofficial ambassadors of Hollywood to politicians and dignitaries, both from the United States and abroad. So why Mary and Douglas Fairbanks were so popular and embodied Hollywood to this extent. Of course, they were popular because they were competent actors, competent business people, admired by the audience, but they also had respectable lives. They weren't involved in scandals. So they also played a good role model of respectable behavior among actors. So it was also very interesting for Hollywood to have such uh, respectable, such nice uh, pair of actors to represent them. And as I mentioned in the previous episode, their mansion, Pickford, it was legendary because Douglas loved to give parties and those parties at Peak Fair, they were attended by politicians, rich businessmen, studio moguls, famous actors, and even members of royalty. So, 
they were so famous that when the royalty members came from abroad, they visited the authorities, the president, the non-politicians, and they also visited Peak Fear. So Mary was a real pioneer in many aspects. She became the first actress to earn $1 million in Hollywood, and that happened already in the 1910s. She, she was very uh, wise to invest her money. She, after she rose to fame, she never had any financial trouble. So she was a very competent actress. She was a very competent businesswoman. She got to be the head of a famous studio for many decades. She produced her own films. She got to choose everything in her own films, and her films were nearly always very, very successful. They had lots of good box office records, and she was involved with charity. She represented Hollywood. She even helped to sell World War I bonds, and it was the first time that a Hollywood actresses, that Hollywood actors managed to defend a cause together with politicians. So she had a very, very extensive career. Her career wasn't only playing little girls on screen. Of course, the audience loved to see Mary playing little girls on screen, but she didn't only make this kind of role. For example, she made uh, uh, films where she was more sensuous, like, for example, Rosita, that was made in the 1920s. And she also made a film called Coquette, where she was a more, also a more modern-day woman. So she had a wide range of roles. She had a career in films that lasted from 1909 until early 30s, and it was a successful career without those ups and downs that we usually see in actors that have longer careers. And she was a competent director, she was competent to define the fashion of her films, she was competent to find out new talent, because, for example, she was a friend of Lillian Gish since childhood. And it was through that friendship that Lillian got to work in Biography Studios, where she started in 1912 with her sister Dorothy Gish in the film An Unseen Enemy. Because Lillian Gish was an actress lost touch with Mary for a while. And after a while, she realized that Mary was very successful making films for the biography studios. Then she went to the studio, she was reunited with Mary, and then she got to work in biography studios by herself too. So Mary was also good to find out new talent. So her career was really influential. She was one of people who founded the Academy of Motion Picture Arts that would, give, that would originate the Oscar. 
she was involved with that. She was one of the first actresses to leave her hands and feet in Hollywood Walk of Fame. So she had a huge, huge influence in the development of cinema as a medium. So for all those who study history of cinema, for all of those who want to understand how cinema developed, how cinema settled down, it's fundamental to know Mary Pickford's career. Another accomplishment of her is that she had a very naturalistic acting since her stage days. So when she started in films, she had a more restraining, a more natural acting instead of those exaggerated hands, those exaggerated faces and gestures of stage actors. So she helped to settle down the more naturalistic acting approach, which would become the norm in Hollywood. And it's the kind of acting that we see in films nowadays. The actors, most of the times, they are supposed to look real, to look natural, to look convincing, as if the audience were watching people from the window. So she helped to popularize that because in early 1910s, the acting that prevailed was those exaggerated gestures and faces and facial expressions. And Mary Pickford, together with Lillian Gish and many other actors, she helped to popularize this naturalistic acting. So even in smallest details, Mary was influential, Mary was innovative, Mary was a pioneer. And therefore, there's another episode of this podcast dedicated to her career because we can't get enough of Mary.